0: Upgrade your mind and reclaim your life. Let's get into it. Hello, you guys. Welcome back to Beyond the Body. I am your host, Christina Slater. And today we are going to be talking about my favorite holiday, Halloween. Okay. I love the fall. I love October. It is my birthday month. I love fall colors. Like, my favorite color is orange, orange, and black. I love when the trees change color. And don't get me wrong. I also love summer. Definitely a big summer girl. But fall still kind of has my heart. I love the fall fashion. Even though in Fort Mac where I live, fall isn't so much of a thing. We kind of get a couple weeks of fall and then it's bam. Now it's winter. (laughs) And I I think maybe that's why Halloween isn't as big of a thing in Fort Mac as it is in other places in the world. Like, when I used to live in Vancouver, Halloween is huge there. Everything goes Halloween theme and there's haunted houses everywhere. I love haunted houses. I love to be scared. It's one of one of my favorite feelings, which I know is crazy. <laughs> Let me know if you guys are tuning in too. Who are my fellow Scorpios? I was chatting with a client and she said that everyone important in her life is a Scorpio and I feel like there's kind of something to that maybe. I'm not huge Into astrology, but I've heard people say that like they're surrounded by Scorpios or they they, like repel Scorpios. So if you are into astrology and maybe you know anything about that, let me know because I feel like that's intriguing to me. But what we're going to be talking about today is really how to navigate the temptations that are present with Halloween. Okay. And specifically, sugar. There are a lot of people who have, who experience, I should say, very strong sugar cravings. There's even a thing I've heard about lately of people identifying as a sugar addict, which is very also interesting to me. But I mean, the reality is sugar can feel very, very addicting, And we're going to get into a little bit of the science behind that today. We're going to talk a little bit about dopamine and... Most importantly, I'm going to give you guys some tactical, actionable, tactical, tactical, actionable steps, I guess, that you can take to stay on track through Halloween. Now, for those of you tuning in, you have probably found yourself in a situation before where you're eating candy, you're eating chocolate, you're eating something, whatever it is. It doesn't even have to be a type of candy anything and you truly feel like you just can't get enough like you just can't stop if you've ever struggled with binge eating i'm sure this will also resonate however we're not going to really be diving into binge eating too much because that's a completely completely different subject so i mean there's a huge road we could go down with nutritional psychology but to keep it simple If you guys have ever eaten a piece of chocolate, let's say, and you like chocolate, if you don't like chocolate, just replace it with whatever you like, ice cream, whatever that is for you. You eat the piece of chocolate and you're enjoying it because it it tastes good to you. You will feel the need to eat the chocolate start to decline as you're enjoying eating that piece of chocolate. However, as soon as that chocolate is gone you're going to find your brain and your body orienting towards wanting more of it. Does that make sense, you guys? Have you ever found yourself experiencing that? So the typical behavior when this happens is to reach for another piece of chocolate because there was satisfaction at the beginning and as you were eating the chocolate, but then once it's gone, that feeling ceases to exist as well. So we grab another piece of chocolate, aiming to bring back that feeling of happiness or deliciousness, we could say. And what that is, is your dopamine go down. Now, the irony here, and it's funny because as I'm going to explain, when it comes to sugar specifically, our biology really does work against us. However, that's not to say that we can't overcome absolutely anything because we truly can with the right mindset and the right strategy. But the irony is that every piece of chocolate that you eat Yes, your dopamine is going to increase, but not as much. So that very first piece you eat, your dopamine is going to spike up. And what people don't also typically know about dopamine is you kind of have a baseline level. And your baseline level might look different than my baseline level. And there's a whole how that can correspond to things like addiction and whatnot. But essentially, every time you eat that chocolate, your dopamine is going to spike, but it's never going to spike as much as it did the first time. So we're going to be continuing to eat that chocolate, trying to get that dopamine spike, but it's just not going to happen. And we keep chasing that feeling, but it's, it, it's just not returning, right? And it puts us in that place of feeling like we want more, and we want more, and we want more, even when we kind of know, I've, I've had enough chocolate. Like I'm almost starting to feel sick now. Now, of course, there is a huge, huge behavioral component to this. And that comes down to our habits. What are we used to doing? How are we used to behaving? What kind of routines do we have around food? And even more so than that, what kind of beliefs do we have about food, about ourselves, about what we're capable of, about the world, and specifically in this context, about holidays? Like, What what does your Halloween typically look like? Because one thing that you guys will probably have learned if if you're a client or a follower of the podcast is that Something that I really aim to ingrain into my um followers and my clients is that just because you have never been able to do something doesn't mean that it's not possible, especially not possible for you. It just means you don't yet have any evidence in your life to suggest that you could do that thing so that that's why it's really easy to to just default and say, "Oh, well, I can't not eat any candy on Halloween because." I just never have before. So it's never going to work for me. I'm never going to be able to do that. And since we're talking about the mind and the brain, this is kind of a perfect segue into the next kind of thing I want to touch on. And that is that your your brain's main fuel is glucose, right? We Our brain... There's actually parts of your brain and your biology that are specifically geared towards seeking out sugar, okay? And when you taste sweetness or you taste sugar, there's going to be signals basically that are sent from your mouth to your brain that tells you like, hey, seek out more of this. Pay attention to the the source of this and to the abundance of this food available to us. Because from a biological standpoint, we want to be able to ingest more of that. Now, it's tricky because it's not that sugar is bad for you. Again, nothing is bad for you. It's the dose in which you are taking it that makes things bad. Anything in in too high of an amount can be potentially toxic. But when you think about it, marketing companies and food companies, they know this. They know the science and the biology behind how humans work. And that's one of the reasons why there are so many hidden sugars in foods, even health foods. Because from that company's standpoint, they want to make more money. So, if they can get us addicted to their food, we're going to come back and we're going to purchase that food again, even at a subconscious level, because our brain is saying, hey, you ate this granola. You thought it was healthy, which is great. And it could be healthy. It could not be healthy. Who knows what? Maybe you thought it was low in sugar because you just didn't look at the ingredient list because it was green and it had a check mark on it or whatever, right? But then your brain is going to be paying attention to that food and being like, mm, yes, this is good. We need to pay attention to this. And at a subconscious level, you're going to be in the grocery store. You're going to see that package. you be like, oh my god, I should purchase that delicious granola again. And as if that wasn't bad enough, <laughs> there are also neurons in your gut that basically will respond to the presence of ingested sugar and send signals to your brain telling you, hey, eat more of this. So now that you know that information, you're probably like, well, shit, Christina, as if like my sugar cravings weren't enough. Now I know that my gut and my brain and my whole biology is fighting me. <laughs> but he, the thing is, is that maybe, maybe you didn't know this and you thought, hey, I just don't have the discipline to not binge eat all of the kids' Halloween candy, right? And sometimes people who struggle with cravings or struggle with food or struggle with, any type of addiction, it doesn't have anything to actually do with discipline because they could be... These people could be extremely, extremely disciplined in other areas of their life. And the more information you have about yourself, the better decisions you are going to be able to make. And you guys, before we get into the actual tips for today, I want to talk about a study. Now, this is really, really interesting because it just demonstrates how powerful this mechanism is, okay? And the, the, the study was done on both animals and on humans. And essentially what they do is they, they knocked out the sweet receptors. So neither subjects could taste the actual presence of sweetness, okay? And they gave them sugar water and they gave them normal water, okay? And at the beginning, both subjects, mice and humans, I don't actually remember if it was mice, it was some type of animal. They, there was no preference between whether they were drinking option A or option B. And as the study went on, all of them began to actually favor the sugar water, despite there being no difference in flavor, right? So when, when we hear people saying, oh, I just love chocolate because it like, tastes so good. Yes, of course, there's a huge component to that. But there's also an underlying biological mechanism that is at play. And this is, this is actually called like post-ingestive effect. And it happens to you at a subconscious level. You're not knowing that this is happening to you, but like basically, when your body ingests something that increases your blood glucose your your body responds in a way that is going to make you want to continue to ingest that drink or food, okay? So that is really, really fascinating and interesting to me. And so now, with that knowledge, let's talk about the kind of behavioral tactical side of things that we can actually control okay so something i always get my clients to do when it comes to any type of instance where they have previously encountered obstacles right so whether that is a vacation whether that's a holiday some type of family event a social event whatever the case before that event comes okay we want to think about what would a successful halloween be like for you. Because I can give you all the tips in the world. But what I think is success and what you think of as success might be two different things. right? So when you think about a Halloween that does not throw you off track from your fitness goals, what would that look like? Okay. Because to me, I'm at a point in my fitness journey where I know that there's Zero chance of me eating candy on Halloween because I like it's just not who I am. It's not my identity. I don't care about candy. I don't like candy anymore. I have no interest in it. Like I, I'm not even going to have a, a crumb of a of anything because I just I'm not. But for most people, that's not their situation nor their desire. So you want to go within and think about okay, what would it? What would a successful Halloween look like for me? Would it be me taking my kids trick or treating and? having five mini chocolate bars? Or would it be maybe I'm gonna have 10, 10, chocolate bars, but the next day I'm immediately going to get back on track with my journey. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna allow myself to feel the guilt that I would normally feel after eating 10 chocolate bars. Right? Maybe you actually just want to give yourself permission to go against the norm, which is I always like to go against the norm or at least question the norm. And say, hey, just because I've always eaten Halloween candy in the past doesn't actually mean I need to do it today. And that doesn't mean that you shouldn't eat candy or that you can't eat candy or that you're never gonna eat candy again. It just means that simply because it's Halloween doesn't mean that you have to eat candy. And in fact, you could challenge yourself to not eat any candy on Halloween and maybe indulge and have five chocolate bars the day after Halloween. Regardless, it's not my place to tell you what a successful Halloween would look like, but it is your responsibility to set that intention going into it. Because as humans, again, we're emotional beings. If we don't have a plan or like measurable things, we're just going to say, Oh yeah, I'm going to be mindful. But then Halloween comes. Oh yeah, I'm mindful of stuff in my face with Mars bars. I'm mindful. Mm, Mars bars are real mindful. So you need to set that plan when you are still tapped into your higher brain, when you can still like access that rational part of your brain that's going to allow you to be like, okay, well, these are my goals right now. This is how I'm wanting to live my life. Now, what kind of actions would support that? Right? Because when you get in the moment, maybe you're going to a Halloween party and you had some drinks and your goal was like, I'm just gonna be mindful. Well, now you're mindful and you're tipsy and you're mindful about margaritas. I'm I'm all about the... You guys get my point. Make the plan before and don't set a plan that you think me or your coach wants you to set. Set a plan that would be meaningful for you and that would allow you to feel accomplished. It doesn't have to be a super strict plan. It could be if you want it to be. But if you want it to be and if you are setting a super strict plan, make sure that there's a reason for that and it actually aligns with who you are and who you want to be and what your purpose and your goals actually are right now. Because if you basically have been saying, fuck everything, and now suddenly you're like, oh, I'm going to be super strict. I'm not going to have any candy on Halloween or any drinks or anything. That's probably a very unhealthy intention and boundary to set because it's extreme. And you guys might say, well, Christina, you set that boundary for yourself and that's your standard. But I haven't eaten Halloween candy in probably, I don't know, like at least eight years, at least, at least, at least, like probably more than that. But I can't say for sure because I can't remember. So first step is set an intention before Halloween as to what a successful Halloween would look like and feel like for you. Next, we're going to plan ahead. Okay, so we want to be smart about our choices. We don't have to be restrictive. It, another unfortunate situation is when we kind of just do things or eat things simply because they're there or because we have before. So it's not uncommon to be like, "Oh well, I'll just eat this candy and that candy and this candy and that candy." And then it's, "Oh well, these are actually my favorites, so I got to have one of those." Well. Were the like whatever candies you don't like were like, were they really worth eating? Right. So, so pick treats and indulgences that you actually get, like you actually get value from and that bring happiness to your life and that don't just bring guilt to you for having indulged in them meaninglessly. And it is just that that concept of I guess quality over quantity. I recently heard, and I was talking to a couple of clients about this as well. I heard this on a podcast actually about the concept of kind of categorizing your foods. You'll have like category one, two, and three. Category one is going to be like your whole foods, the foods that are high in micronutrients that are very clean and just just really great for you foods. Then you have the other foods that are more like your convenience foods. They're not bad for you by any means, but they're foods that like you like them. But you don't really like them any more than you do your your really clean, nutritious foods. And you also don't love them as much as you do if chocolate chip ice cream or whatever is your thing, right? Or if burgers or nachos or like maybe you like Kit Kats, maybe you like crispy crunches, whatever, whatever that thing is for you that you're like, oh yeah, like I get so much enjoyment from whatever that treat may be. Okay. So that category three, where it's those treats that truly you're like, yes, like this is meaningful for me and this actually fulfills me. Those are the treats that you want to incorporate into your life because you can feel good about eating them. And you want to not just feel good about eating them and plan which treats you want to enjoy, but be present when you are eating them. Something that I work on with some of my clients who struggle with binge eating because that's a big thing for me. That's something I struggled with. That's something that I really, really hone in on helping my clients with. And something sometimes that we talk about is you can eat whatever you want, how much ever you want, but you have to be completely present when you are eating that food. So it's not watching TV and eating that food. It's not scrolling TikTok and eating that food. It's not being on your computer and eating that food. It's you are sitting with that food and being completely present while enjoying it. And another tactic that I usually tell them to do is double their chews. Again, most people like don't chew very much. And not only is that like... There's, there's lots of... <laughs> that's another thing I talk to my clients about all the time is like chewing. Because not only is chewing a lot more going to help your, your digestion and your gut health, it's also going to help you stay fuller for longer because it's going to take you longer to eat the food and it's going to feel like you're eating more food. Okay, So don't just be present, but like chew your food. <laughs> chew your food really well. Double your chews at least. And another tip is, this is just a general tip because I don't think we usually eat like candy with a fork. I guess if you're applying this to ice cream, you could eat that with a spoon, but don't load your utensil before you've completely chewed and swallowed the food that you're already eating. Again, that's just going to amplify what we just talked about. All right. And then another tip is have healthy alternatives available, right? There's You guys, there's so much delicious, delicious, delicious healthy food, high-protein desserts and snacks and things you can make yourself, even things you can purchase that taste delicious and are really, really good for you or at least decent for you and can be in alignment with your goals right you can invest in like a high protein peanut butter cups or smart sweets or any anything like that and again i'm not saying that those are better than a normal quote unquote junk food because sometimes interestingly enough it's actually like the high protein snickers bar has more calories than the normal snickers bar It just, again, it comes down to kind of being integral with your actions and making sure what you are doing is in alignment with you. Because sometimes simply having a fucking cupcake is actually demonstrating more resilience and more discipline than having to be like, no cupcakes for me. Peace out. I'm out. I'm gone. Can't even be around the cupcakes. No way I'm having a cupcake, right? Because I'm just like, you can't even face a cupcake. There's a fine line and everyone is going to be different. And sometimes being like, no, I'm not eating that cupcake is what's going to allow you to feel accomplished. And sometimes eating the cupcake and being like, hey, I had a cupcake and I feel satisfied and I'm not going to stuff my face with eight more cupcakes is a massive, massive win. So again, it, it all comes down to where you are in your fitness journey. But I still think that having healthy or healthier alternatives, meaning things that are lower calorie, things that are typically not super high in added sugars or added fats, or empty calories, basically things that don't satisfy you, but yield a, a large energy, a large amount of calories, essentially. It's, it's just a, a great tool to have around. It's just a great strategy. Again, another one that applies to pretty much any holiday or any social event is don't starve yourself during the day so that you can binge out or indulge in the evening. And that goes for candy, alcohol, even just food and treat meals in general. You want to be Feeling yourself during the day. Yes. And there is. I have a different podcast episode on this. Of course, you can eat a little bit lighter if you know you're having a treat meal, or you know you're having a couple drinks, or you know you're going to have some cake that night. But it's actually... Not only is it not ideal, but it's disadvantageous to do that because if you starve yourself, you're going to have these crazy hormonal spikes that are actually going to usually be in favor of you actually gaining weight as opposed to what you're trying to do, which is like even things out, Right. So under eating so that you can overeat or overdrink is not, it's not a productive way to live. The next tip, again, this is my favorite tip right now, you guys. My favorite tip, my favorite thing to do. <laughs> that is sleep. Get enough sleep the week before and the night before. Undersleeping is like a killer, man. It is your willpower is gonna be significantly declined. Your hunger is going to be significantly elevated if you have not gotten a thorough quality night's sleep. And I should do an episode on sleep tips because coming from the girl who used to literally never sleep, hate sleep, sacrifice sleep, sleep one to two hours a night, three hours sometimes at a, on a good night. I have realized in the last couple of years that sleep is literally your best friend. It is the magic unlock key to pretty much everything you've ever wanted in your life. So I'm not saying that like only sleep and you're going to be successful but like if you're a pretty successful person and you got some good you got some good fundamentals down in anything if you can amplify your sleep you are just going to skyrocket i guarantee you like i i would bet my money and life on it i don't know if i'd say life but like i would bet a lot <laughs> so so this next tip is kind of like <clears throat> a little hack not only is it a physiological hack that's going to help you when it comes to your your level of, of blood glucose really and it's also a, I guess, like more so mental hack when it comes to breaking habits and just kind of changing our behavior to, I guess you could almost say hack a new way of of acting. So you guys may or may not know this. Like every carbohydrate food, like every sugar and whatnot is there's there's a thing called a glycemic index. So foods will be rated. Are they high, or are they low? and And really, what that just means is it's a measure of, how quickly your blood sugar sugar will rise after you ingest certain foods, right? So, zero to about fifty five is typically low. I think it's fifty six to sixty nine is medium, and then seventy plus would be considered a high glycemic index. However, the the, the issue with that, and, and most health professionals will will know this, but if you if you don't know this and um, this is all new to you, the problem with that is that. The glycemic index is measured by ingesting that food in isolation, right? So most of the time, we don't eat foods in isolation. If you're thinking about a potato, right? A potato is is a carb. Typically, we don't just eat a potato, you know? (laughs) But if you think about candy, candy, again, is a carb, is sugar. We, We typically do eat candy in isolation. We typically don't eat candy with a... Salad or like candy and a ribeye or chocolate and vegetables, you know what I mean? But why not? Why can't you? Right? I'm all about questioning the norm. I'm all about that shit. So, why is it weird to eat chicken and a Kit Kat? I think that should be a thing. I think we should make that a thing. I don't know. I didn't plan this. I swear I did not plan this, but like, I think if you're listening to this episode and you're going to eat a Kit Kat this Halloween, you should take a picture of the Kit Kat and you should. Eat it with a chicken piece of chicken, whatever kind of chicken you like. I'm not a big chicken fan, but like I would do it for this, and take a picture of your chicken breast and take a picture of your Kit Kat and like hashtag chicken and Kit Kat and break the norm of doing whatever the fuck everyone else does because I I love that stuff. <laughs> so let's have chicken and Kit Kats for Halloween. That's basically my message for this podcast today. <laughs> but but my whole point is that if you consume fiber. Or fat or even even protein, it will reduce the glycemic index, meaning basically it will reduce the the level of blood glucose or the rate in which it it gets to that level. Okay. Now, I should, I should include this just because sometimes you are actually going to want that spike in blood glucose. So, like for example, post-workout is typically a time where you're gonna want to have a fast ingesting carbohydrate. Now, this isn't really the topic of this podcast, but one thing I found about the internet is people like to take things out of context all the freaking time, you guys. I think that's why I tend to over-explain myself because I'm like, here's a statement, but this case and this case, and it might not be for that case or this case and this case, but it could be for this case, but you know, it might not be in this case. So (laughs) I don't want you to think that a high, a food that's that's ranked high on a glycemic index is bad by any means at all again you might even want to have that a high a quick digesting carbohydrate like prior to your workout again it's going to depend on your goals it's going to depend on your fitness level and performance and and what you're actually trying to do so i should just add that in there and then you guys i really just have two more tips you also want to kind of like reflect on maybe even think back to last halloween and be like okay what worked for me and what didn't work for me so you know to not repeat the same patterns and expect like a different outcome that's not to say that things can't change or people can't change but typically you can kind of get gather a lot of data to make a, a better decision in the future from what you've done in the past so you can even think back to last halloween or last holiday season last vacation you went on last social event last time you were around candy what did work and what didn't work and then you can kind of dive in a little deeper on what did work and see if you can come up with some type of strategy or plan or some tools that And if you can't remember or you never have had anything work for you before, like you can even use this Halloween as a learning experience, right? Because that brings me to my final point, which is really just because you have a slip up, just because you have a setback, it doesn't mean you're destined to continue failing. It doesn't mean that you are a failure or that that's going to be the permanent way that your life is. You can, even if you're like, oh, I set my plan, I listened to this podcast and like it all went to shit. That's okay. Like we can learn from that. And at the very worst, that's just an opportunity for you to actually practice getting back on track. That's what I tell my clients. They're like, Oh my God, I feel like a failure. I feel like I let you down. I let myself down. And I fell off track on the weekend. And now I don't know what to do. And I feel so bad about it. And it's, I'm like, Yes. Yes. This is a good thing. This is a good thing. You know why this is a good thing? This is meant to happen. This isn't happening to you. This is happening for you. And now you have the opportunity to practice who you've been working on becoming, which is a person who is resilient, a person who knows who they are, a person who knows what they want and how they need to act to get there. So let's freaking do it, right? So you can just reframe it. There is really no such thing as failure. You either learn or you improve or both. So you guys, enjoy your Halloween. If you like this episode, feel free to take a screenshot, tag me on Instagram. If you like Halloween, you can go ahead and tag me on Instagram anyways, because I also like Halloween. And I also love seeing anything that has to do with Halloween. Halloween recipes, Halloween decorations, Halloween costumes, Halloween treats, all that stuff. And if you're going to have some chicken and Kit Kats, let me know. Definitely give me a tag because I want to see that. And I will catch you guys in the next episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Beyond the Body.